Debbie Levine. I'm the Senior Deputy Editor of Radiology, and I'm here today with Herb Kressel, who probably needs no introduction as the Editor-in-Chief of Radiology. And we're introducing today uh, an issue of the journal that we're really very proud of that we put together for uh, RSNA to help celebrate the centennial, and it's entitled Radiology, Exploring the Evolution of Imaging. And we decided to do this because we wanted to put together articles on specific topics that really spanned history. When you look at our regular review articles, they're, they're current. We want to give information that people can use in their current practice, but it doesn't necessarily give some of this rich history that we have in our journal that RSNA has in its history. We have another uh, group of articles that we put together called Radiology Select, but again, that's current current research, and here we're looking at the past and how imaging has changed over time um, to get us to where we are in the present. So, Herb, I thought you might just want to talk about how we chose the subject areas and the authors. Well, uh, we've undertaken a few different projects dealing with uh, the RSNA Centennial and the journal over that time. The journal actually uh, began... uh, eight or nine years after the society was formed. Uh, uh, actually, there was a brief period of time it was published under another name by a different publisher. And then in 1923, the society decided that they would uh, uh, take over the ownership of the journal and it became uh, radiology. And so those of us who are in practice uh, we all practice and we understand the, the different subspecialties and, and disciplines, but it, it occurred to us that the meaning of those subspecialties has really changed. So looking back over time, the content, the way people wrote about scientific advance changed. What constitutes a discipline changed? The tools that people were using the methods to evaluate what they were finding changed, and then the role of imaging changed. So we felt that to capture this, you need to track a specific diagnosis or problem set. That's one of them, I guess, we're tracking technology. But to show the relationship of the change in technical development to applications development and to clinical utility. So We're doing things, for example, in colon cancer in terms of monitoring treatment and surgical planning that were very, very different than just trying to find out why someone was obstructed years ago. Uh, And so that story uh, we thought was very interesting. And I'm delighted that, uh, Debbie, that you took this on. This was a lot of work uh, and you edited it. And, and got it together. And uh, I think the stories are, are, are very, very interesting. Now, uh, how did you piece through and decide which topics would be covered? Well, we kind of wanted to get modalities. Certain modalities were very clearly going to be important, like CT, and show that entire history in the span of our journal's lifetime. Um, but then there were some other topic areas that we thought would be interesting because they would be multi-modality mm-hmm. and show how things changed over time. For example, brain tumors. So we had a mixture of modalities and topics, a lot like many radiology departments are now when they don't know <laughs> if they're organ-based or modality-based. And we put together what we thought would really highlight the many different aspects of imaging. 
and imagery. So, so when you contacted these authors, the topics were like amazingly broad. And how did authors respond? If, if I were called with that, I would sort of shrink away. It's such an enormous task to consider. It, it really was a labor of love, I think, for everybody involved and at every level, because you had to go through the entire history. And while some things are online, when you get back to the legacy collection of radiology, you actually need to go into every single issue of the journal and look mm -hmm. for keywords and look at those articles. But every single author or author pair was just thrilled to be asked to do this. And although they all said it was much more time-consuming than they had originally thought, the end product is this extremely personalized version of the history that many of them lived through, or at least a large part of it lived through, and they're able to give their own personalized version of that history as it relates to the imaging that was published in, in our journal. So many people said how interesting it was to just go back and, and see what the quality of science was there, because as you mentioned, it's a very different type of imaging research early on much more descriptive. Yeah, as more than descriptive, I, looking back at the early articles, uh, it's hard to distinguish sort of review articles from original research. It was very common that people would kind of spend the first three quarters of the article describing what was known about the problem that they were going to address and then identifying their 100 cases or their 50 cases to uh, then put those cases in the perspective of what was known previously. Uh, and a lot of this work really is the basis of Rentkin diagnosis as we know it. So it's pretty interesting. Now, in your author groups, uh, you mentioned the labor of love. So you actually have uh, one author pair is a married couple, uh, and the other is a father and son couple. What was it like uh, working with... Uh, uh, a married couple doing this? Was it, uh, did it become a, uh, a domestic issue or was it all professional? Well, you could probably talk to Carol Benson and Peter Dubelay about that, but they've done many papers together. Okay. And, and obviously they know uh, the history of ultrasound and obstetric imaging backwards and forwards. So they were just wonderful to work with. And then um, you're also talking about our interventional radiology chapter um, with the father and son pair, the Bounds. And that, I think, was very, very interesting because you have someone who was basically the, the father of the area. And the father of the field and the father of the <laughs> author. <laughs> and then um, the other person who carried on that tradition and uh, is more involved in more recent updates in the newer techniques. And so um, that was actually your idea to get those well, two together. Yes. And um, it was just very nice. You and I, I think, had some kind of uh, knowledge, personalized um, relationship with each one of these different author groups so that we knew who we were dealing yes. with and um, could explain what we wanted from these articles and really help the authors shape them uh, to give a vision of showing, again, this evolution of imaging through the journal. Now, the interventional area is kind of interesting, as is a number of these areas. They didn't really exist in the early days of the journal. So you have this kind of compressed period uh, of development uh, and uh, this explosive growth. Uh, uh, so in, uh, I guess, the 60s, 50s, intervention starts and then it sort of uh, literally explodes on the scene 
and morphs in so many different ways. So it's it's quite an interesting uh, story that it's told uh, through the journal. Now, as you dealt with it, what, what did you find was the biggest surprises personally uh, going through the material? Well, we've already talked about when you look at the older articles and you see that they're very descriptive and less what we would deem scientific at right. this point in time. What I found most interesting was actually shaping this volume so that it really dealt with science. And again, we're dealing with people who lived through this. And there were a lot of different issues going on politically um, and geographically. There were areas, for example, that had CT scans, uh, CT scanners, and that's the groups that grew and published. And um, what I found most interesting was just hearing the author's voices come through and having that personalized version of history that I thought was so interesting. You read some of these. What did you think was? Uh, well, I, I I had sort of the the same uh, the same thought. Uh, it's it, it's a challenge to bring it all together in a meaningful way, and I think the authors did a great job uh, in, in dealing with that. Uh, I think uh, you know a lot of the human nuance that is there in the podcasts uh, that you've done. I think uh, enriches the content of, of the papers. There are all of these personal stories. I, I personally was uh, uh, I was at UCSF a fellow when the uh, EMI 5005 scanner came in and the pre-prototype of the GE fan beam scanner and sort of uh, this uh, looking at this stuff brings me back to those days where uh, you know on the, uh, the early days of the 5005 scanner uh, it took so long to generate the image. It was like 30 seconds at end, and then the reconstructions were minutes. So the manufacturer was kind of worried that people would get massively bored or they'd wander away from the scanner. So they put in these computer games uh, so that you could entertain yourself <laughs> while you were waiting for that hangman. That was I got very good at hangman uh, at that time. And, uh, you know, when you think about now that we generate thousands of images, uh, you know, in a vascular series, and I think back to those old days, it, it really is a, uh, a very remarkable uh, growth and change in our field. Yeah, I think when we, when we read reviews like this, it really helps us put history into perspective. And it, it brings to mind for me that quote, we stand on the shoulders of giants because everything that we've done has built on what's come before. And I think that uh, these articles and, and the efforts that were put into writing them by the authors to really bring that forward, that our imaging history really has built on the past. And that's going to help us, I think, in the future to understand um, the, the growth and continued evolution, I think, of imaging research. And the other thing that I find particularly interesting, because uh, radiology and medical imaging is technology-driven, so what's interesting is that the thinking and the implementation are obviously related, but they're disconnected. So if you go through some of this early stuff, people are thinking about things that they have no way of dealing with that won't be answered for 40 years, okay? But their thinking is very mature and thoughtful. Uh, the tools don't exist to allow them to interrogate tissues in the way that they would like. So the development of 
the questions that people asked over time in relation to the tools that were available, and in some of these cases, the investigators were participating in creating the tools that allowed them to uh, uh, address these questions in a more sophisticated manner, and, and that is, of course, fascinating. And for me, I think this uh, goes a little bit beyond the review, but the uh, if you read some of these early articles, the the questions and concerns that people are asking are very, very relevant today. I'm, I'm, uh, as we are doing this, I'm working on uh, my January editorial, and I refer to a uh, speech by Dr. Carmen, uh, who was the RSNA president in 1923, and he lays out the challenges for the field. And uh, uh, the paragraph where he lays this out could be uh, written by the RSNA president of uh, 2015. So uh, uh, a very, very interesting and worthwhile exercise uh, to uh, spend a little time thinking about the, uh, the evolution of imaging and, and our role in it. And I want to thank you very much for uh, putting the volume together, Debbie. It was a lot of fun. And thanks for being here today to talk sure. about it.